Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 271. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. And as always, I'm joined by one of the marvelous members of the Blueprint Live Online instructor crew, talking today with my great friend, Hunter from Blueprint MCAT. And we are diving in to passage three of the cars section from the Blueprint MCAT diagnostic test, which you get for free by signing up for a free account over at blueprintmcat.com. If you are not doing that, what are you waiting for? That free account gives you access to full length one, half-length diagnostic from Blueprint MCAT, as well as a study planner tool and access to their amazing space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards that you need to be using right now. What are you waiting for? Go to blueprintmcat.com for that free account. Let's go and jump into our cars passage three today. Hunter, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. How are you doing? Fantastic, man. It has been too long. Um, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. It has been too long. It's always too long um, that we we don't get to hang out enough in the virtual world. But we did get to hang out in person at, at AMSA. So that was good. Yeah, that was about like a couple of weeks ago now. And um, yeah, that was awesome. Like, I think that was the first time we hung out in person, which is ridiculous because we just like immediately were like, oh, yeah, Ryan, he's my old friend. We hung out a million times. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah that I, was I just great. I just had to change my neck position a little bit to look up a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing everyone says as soon as they meet me because, you know, Zoom life is, wow, you're a lot taller than I thought. So I don't know if it's my angle. Does, do I have like a short vibe or something? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's your camera position. It looks down on you. I know. I know. So it's bad. You got to change that. Yeah. Well, okay. all right. Uh, enough about you. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about me now. And the MCAT, the MCAT, the MCAT, this diagnostic from Blueprint MCAT that everyone gets for free. Yep. At uh, blueprintmcat.com by signing up for a free account. You are a fancy pants uh, Blueprint MCAT live online instructor helping people kind of crush their MCAT. So before we jump into the diagnostic, I want to know, what's the biggest mistake you see students making day in and day out when answering questions? Oh, uh, that is fantastic, actually. I just, um, so I, my tutoring student earlier today, we talked about this, and I think it is probably one of the most common issues across the board um, that at least pops up in one way or another in most of my students and just students in general, overthinking. Like so many times it's overthinking, especially with cars, because there's this like weird stigma, I guess, with cars where like, oh, cars doesn't make sense, and it's like a crapshoot, and who knows, right? And so like, 
and people think that the car's questions are trying to like trick you or something like that. And so we read way too much into things. And then yeah. it's like, well, here it says that it increases. And over here, it says that it goes up. I, that might be too much. And so like <laughs> overthinking is a huge thing. And um, it's, it's one of my favorite things to start teaching some of my students because like pre-med students, y'all are amazing. You're go-getters, type A's. I want everything to be perfect, et cetera, et cetera. And like most of the time, my big advice, if my student is chronically overthinking, it's like, hey man, we got to care a lot less. Like big pictures, big ideas, like the details, we'll get those if we need it. Yeah. But most of the time, 60 seconds for this question, we don't need it. We can kind of shoot for the from the hip. So so it's real uncomfortable for a lot of us. <laughs> but like once you get good at it and like you're okay doing it, then like, oh my gosh, cars turns into like this it's a completely different beast. Nice. All right. Way, a smaller one. Chihuahua. Chihuahua so beast. so if I were to paraphrase Hunter, you're saying don't care. <laughs> exactly. Hey, care less. No, I'm just kidding. No, it is don't read too much into every question. Okay. Um, because a lot of times, like we can start to doubt ourselves. We can doubt. We go like, "Oh yeah, B is the correct answer," and it totally is. But then we read C and D, and we're like, "Oh no, maybe like the MCAT knows something that I don't," and we like doubt <laughs> ourselves. So that's the uh, big thing. Ah, the doubt creeps in. <sighs> All right. So for everyone watching again, this is going to be Blueprint MCAT Diagnostic, which everyone gets for free over at BlueprintMCAT.com. Sign up for an account. We are covering today the Diagnostic Cars Passage 3. Yep. How's that sound? Sounds fantastic, actually. Um, this is a good one. I kind of, I, I, I remember doing this a long time ago, but it's been a little while. So it's going to be a good refresher for me. But yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one, man. How's that sound to you? It sounds good. Let's rock and roll. Are you sure it sounds good? You're about yeah. to have to listen to me yeah. read out loud for a while. Let's do it. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. So let's dive into uh, passage number three. Understanding and addressing the economic impacts of climate change presents a unique series of problems. Awesome. Intro sentence. We're talking about climate change going forward. Costs and benefits of any activity taken to mitigate the effects of global warming or to adapt to its impacts will inherently be unevenly distributed across nations, subnational groups, and even generations. Economic policy decision-making is plagued by incomplete information and speculative assessments about near- and medium-term impacts of climate change effects. Efforts to divert economic resources towards mitigation or adaptation must involve, anytime an author says must, I, my, my, my spidey sense triggers because mm -hmm. that is a very hard line. This has to happen. Yeah. Um, and like, hey, we, Ryan, I'm sure like you've heard a hundred times, like don't bring outside, or no, uh, well, yeah, don't bring outside information to cars, yeah. but um, never pick the extreme answers, right? And like, there should be an asterisk next to that. Sometimes pick the extreme answers if your author uses extreme language like must or every or something like that. So okay. this to me is like a, it's a big flag there. Okay. But anyways, mitigation or adaptation must involve a heavy opportunity cost with resources being redirected away from other economically salutary activities, possibly from more effective environmentally sustainable initiatives. So after we go through that, like that's our first paragraph. If I was with one of my tutoring students, the first thing I go is, okay, cool. Stop looking at it. In your own words, paraphrase. What did this paragraph give us? And not necessarily on test day. Like I don't encourage people to be doing that on test day, but like when you're prepping and I'm assuming everyone that's listening to this podcast is going to be prepping, right? Like I can't picture someone who's already done with the MCAT still listening to this. Um, <laughs> We're all preppers here. <laughs> yeah. Usually we run as far away as possible. So, <laughs> um, so if you're prepping for it, right? 
do this in your untimed practice. When you're just sitting there going, you know what, I'm going to take 15 minutes, make sure I get everything in this passage down. Mm-hmm. Just rephrase things in your own words. And like, again, my lizard brain, I like the way that I talk. I don't like the way that the AMC talks. Nobody likes the way that the AMC talks. So <laughs> if you can rephrase in your own words, like you're you're already on, on track. Okay. So Ryan, yeah. let me ask you. Yeah. What did this paraphrase it in your own words? What did this paragraph give us? So it, it seems like this is saying um, we have climate change. There's going to be a big economic impact that's not going to be equal across people, places, etc. And we're going to have to make some sacrifices in the short term for this to happen. I absolutely love it. You you crush it. It's almost like you've you've done this before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> done some cars passages before. So yeah, absolutely. And so for my highlighting, I always ask myself, and this is kind of the sneaky thing when you're like, Oh, let's paraphrase the paragraph, right? The things that you paragraph are basically what you should be highlighting for the main ideas, right? So I would probably hit. So, starting so let from, me let me if we paraphrase the paragraph, do the pairs cancel out, and then we're just off with phrasing the graph? Yeah, it's just a graph phrase. Okay, graph phrase. Here we go. <laughs> so, so it's just a graph phrase. <laughs> Actually, no, we're we're adding them. We're not we're not dividing. Come on, come on, you okay. know. All right, sorry. <laughs> so, so let's do some highlighting, right? What were our main ideas? I personally would add in mitigation or adaptation must involve, right? Because that was a real strong author opinion there. Yep. Um, and I probably wouldn't do more than that because if I ever need, if there's a question, right? I'm always thinking about what are testable details? What can they ask me questions on? Yep. If they go, hey, mitigation and or adaptation must involve which of the following, right? Then I can find that highlight and then just keep reading from the highlight. I don't yeah. need to do the entire list. That's a waste of yellow. Okay. I would also probably do um, the previous sentence, economic policy decision-making is plagued by incomplete information. And honestly, not even from the beginning, just like decision-making is plagued by incomplete information. Again, it's something that the author is telling us about the thing we're talking about that I didn't know previously that, oh my gosh, I can absolutely see the AMC giving us some sort of question about incomplete information. What is an issue of regarding economic policy? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, and then I think those are probably some of the good ones. I might do uh, what you said about like, you know, making some sacrifices or things like that. Um, but those sacrifices were tied to like mitigation and adapting to a new like yep. uh, a climate sustainable type of economy. So that right there, like I, our bottom highlight, I think it covers it too. like mitigation mm-hmm. or adaptation involves these things. So awesome. I think we're good for paragraph one. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think so. I, the only other thing potentially it without knowing what the rest of the paragraphs are going to talk about would be this because this seems like it covers the whole paragraph the economic impacts of climate change yeah totally so if you need a and i i tell my students to do those if you need like a reminder of what the paragraph is about that first sentence or the last sentence the first one's either going to tell you hey we're about to talk about this or the last one says so in conclusion we just talked about this right Yep. Usually those will have a really good, like, this is the main idea. And like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you right there. Economic impacts of climate change. That's what we're dealing with. Yeah. Okay. All right. With deep uncertainty around these issues, economists and policy, policy setters are faced with a challenge of two traditional decision-making processes. In the classical approach. So, hey, we just got a term, classical approach. Mm-hmm. What's after that? Definition, right? So in the classical approach, key steps proceed in a more or less sequential fashion. And that is like, I can... I, that little thing, sequential fashion, I've seen a dozen questions that ask you, is it sequential or is it not sequential or what's the order? And so I'll pay attention to that kind of stuff. So it's a sequential fashion. Analysts start by identifying the nature of the problem to frame the construction of the relevant research. All right. Research allows stakeholders to develop a complete or near complete understanding of the relevant issues. 
Any shortcomings in such understanding simply fuel further research. Once avenues of exploration have been exhausted, policymakers can next identify a number of policy options and craft those options into the most optimal policy that is practicable, therefore solving the problem. Yeah. Ronnie, what the heck are we talking about here? Uh, it just sounds like normal problem solving 101. Right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. we've kind of we've we've transitioned away from climate change and stuff like that. And now we're talking about problem solving. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be related to it in one of the other questions, or excuse me, one of the other paragraphs. But yeah, don't get I don't want anybody to get thrown off like, okay, why are we talking about this now? Like the economy. We're gonna be connecting these two things together. So what uh besides it being like uh you know just hey this is how we think about and do problem solving i would probably do some of those testable details in there right so um i might highlight in the classical approach and then right after that like sequential fashion um what else would we do near complete shortcomings simple fuel i would probably do the bottom one too uh once avenues of exploration have been exhausted, policymakers can identify a number of policy options. So it's kind of like a nice, this is step one, step two, step three type thing. And honestly, I think that's it. There's not a whole lot in this paragraph that's like really testable other than like, hey, it's a sequential fashion. After you figure out one thing, you then ask questions and figure out the next thing. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, I love paragraphs like this because they're very like, I don't know. I just call them like your, it's your term and your definition ones. So it's like, yeah. here's what we're talking about. Here's what it is moving on. Yeah. And it's, it's written well, so it's not confusing to read. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a good paragraph. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Super nice to get there. It's a nice, it's an ego boost after, after maybe the first one was like, what the heck are we talking about? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to go for it this time. Uncertainties surrounding the economic impacts of climate change, led by Professor Granger Morgan to advocate for an iterative problem-solving approach. Under this heuristic, the research that follows problem identification does not provide a full understanding of all relevant issues, but leads to both continued research and implementation of the adaptive policy that is identified as being the most likely to be beneficial. Man, that was a long sentence. (laughs) That was all the first sentence. No, it isn't. Sorry. Okay. Policy implementation is carried out concurrently with further research, including assessment of the policy's effectiveness. The policy and other identified alternatives are reassessed in light of new knowledge and changing circumstances, and the end state is not a comprehensive solution, but a refined or reframed identification of the problem, which iterates back to the the initial research step and to the task of identifying the best adaptive policy moving forward. That's harder than it seems. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, we'll stop doing that moving forward. <laughs> well, you don't like my David Attenborough impression? <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. So, so, yeah, so it seems like this is basically just the opposite of the previous paragraph. Like, oh, there's this other problem-solving way and because climate change is uncertain this may be better absolutely yeah the previous paragraph hey here's classical what is it classical approach here's what it is hey this paragraph bump that classical approach let's do it this other cool way and we're going to explain what it is so 100 percent. i would probably from the very beginning uh do like 
Uh, and let's let's include Granger Morgan. So oh, Professor yeah, Granger Morgan, Morgan advocating for an iterative problem solving approach. Heck yes, that is what this whole paragraph is talking about. Who wants it and what is it? And then after that, like all everything after that sentence, like all the middle, the meat of it is like. It's extra information and details and fluff, but it's still talking about the same thing. It's the iterative problem solving approach. I'm not yeah. going to highlight it because if there's a question about it, I can find my highlight above and like continue reading. So probably going to skip all that. And then the last thing that I would highlight is um, the conclusion at the end. The end state is not a comprehensive solution, but a refined, re- or excuse me, refined or reframed identification of the problem. I think that's a great one. All right. Um, heck yes. Heck yes. Uh, let's keep on keeping on. Uh, <laughs> you sure know Attenborough? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, all right. One <laughs> implementation of this latter approach is a method of risk mitigation borrowed from investment banking called the portfolio re- approach. Man, we went from climate change to uh, critical thinking. Now we're talking about the economy and like portfolios. Rat. Under portfolio theory, the only rational response is decision making on uncertain terrain is to create a varied array of both possible and implemented responses. That is, policy setters should advocate for the simultaneous deployment of both mitigation strategies and adaptation strategies in response to climate change and for the use of a number of strategies involving a resilient and diverse economy and, that's a fourth and in the sentence, and insurance hedges spread across all economic sectors and in different (laughs) regions of the globe. My third grade English teacher would be livid. Like, <laughs> all, all I can think about is, is uh, dude, where's my car? No, no, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, deep cut. I love it. Holy cow. Oh, man. That's such a good dude. Where's yeah. my car? Um, we got the last sentence here. That is, a nation should ensure that some component of its financial resources is allocated to investments in various countries and indeed continents. Awesome. Yeah. This entire paragraph to me is right in the first like five, six words, it is an implementation of the the second approach to problem solving, yep. right? So I would probably just highlight implementation of this latter approach in case I ever need to go, or if there's a question that asks me, how do we implement this? I can yep. go right back here. Yeah. Um, and then I would probably do like a nice little, like they tell us what portfolio theory is, so on and so forth, but that's kind of introducing like and what they're doing here. The third sentence, policy setters, like that's kind of what we're getting at. So I would probably start with policy setters, setters should advocate for blah, 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 both mitigation, mitigation strategies, because this is very much author opinion. I believe that they should do this thing. And like, if it doesn't pop up in a question, like it might be related to an answer, right? You need to understand the author's opinion about that in order to get something else. Okay. Um, you think we're missing anything? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, oh, wait. No, no, no. Do the the sentence in the middle. That is, that is uh, after the, that is, policy setters advocate for simultaneous deployment of both strategies. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Love it. Okay. Let's bring this whole passage home, shall we? Let's do it. Underlying any approach to decision models or risk analysis is cost-benefit analysis. Man, I would highlight that right away because this is the new topic of the sentence, right in par- sentence or of the paragraph. Sentence one gives it to us. Thank you. Unsurprisingly, even this foundational assumption for fiscal and economic problem solving has itself come under critical scrutiny. All right, maybe it's not so cool. The typical cost benefit analysis converts various factors into a common monetary unit, typically US dollars. 
and then seeks to maximize dollars, don't we all? Critics suggest that climate change is a uniquely disastrous problem that is not susceptible to a simple dollar-based approach to utility, and that the various consequences of global warming should be disaggregated and examined on an individual basis. That was a lot, but basically that entire sentence, which makes up almost a third of this paragraph, is talking about what the critics are doing and how they feel about this, right? So I would, right in the beginning of that sentence, highlight, critics suggest that climate change is a uniquely disastrous problem. If there's anything after that or a question that's talking about, hey, what do critics think? What kind of problem is climate change, et cetera? Boom, it's right there. Okay. Those, those testable details, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. So so what what are we doing? Which uh one? we're gonna continue reading and then we're gonna highlight in two seconds. Okay. All right. All, All right. right. Um uh disaggregate individual. Yes, all right. So last sentence here. Thus, even if climate change were to have a quote unquote three billion dollar cost to the petrochemical sector of the economy and a quote unquote one billion dollar cost in the form of lost biodiversity in subtropical regions. These two numbers cannot meaningfully be compared to each other, and policies relating to these two issues must be separately examined. Okay, cool. So now let's talk about highlights, right? First sentence, uh, cost-benefit analysis. That is a new term that's introduced in this paragraph, and we kind of go into a lot of uh, a little bit of time, like explaining what it is and how we use it, right? Yeah. So love that. Um, the critics, the beginning of that critic sentence. Uh, so critics suggest that climate change is a uniquely disastrous problem. That is author telling us these people believe this. Um, mm. And then after that, it's just more details on it. Yeah. Um, And then honestly, like I would probably do all those conclusions at the end. Right. So um, just the last few words, policies relating to these two issues must be separately examined because that, again, is like a must from the author. So I like mm. that one a lot. How about you? Anything else that you would want to highlight here? Um, I would like to highlight that the beginning of the passage was much more friendly than the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as we shifted away from critical thinking, problem solving, and started talking about banking and portfolios and stuff, like that's when my brain went, oh, no. <laughs> um, and actually, I don't know if you caught it, but when I was kind of reading through this paragraph, right, um, all those little like I don't know, rephrases or like little things that I said to myself, I actually do that when I'm reading passages for an exam, right? For a full length or something. Okay. Because that's me practicing engaged reading, right? Like mm. the part where it says, um, hey, they're trying to, so it's it's a common monetary unit, a US dollar, and then we seek to, seek to maximize it. I was like, oh, don't we all, right? I'm going to remember that line about them trying to maximize US dollars because I had like an engaged moment with it. So I encourage my students all the time to like, rephrase the sentences as they're reading it, put it in a language that's a little bit more easier for our brains to make uh, sense of. So heck yeah, that's like my whole thing, man. It's just trying to simplify the, not simplify the MCAT, but like get rid of all the opaqueness and like mm -hmm. make it a little bit more transparent. Because uh, honestly, most of my students are really bright kids. They're, they're, they've got great content, et cetera. It's just the way that the MCAT is presented the way that it's phrased etc cetera, etc cetera. that's like a really challenging part so but it's it's not it's it's yes and uh <laughs> you like the improv <laughs> yeah yes and it. um I, I think i think we tell students that all the time that oh the mcat is hard and then they go into it going oh my gosh it's so hard and I'm like oh wait no it's not it's it's not as hard as everyone made it out to be 
yeah, self-fulfilling prophecies left and right. Um, self-doubt starts to creep in just yes. because it's like, oh, this is the hardest exam. And if you don't do better than 90% of other people, yeah. then you're never going to go to med school and so on <laughs> and so forth, which like in of itself is ridiculous. But yeah. yeah, that's 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 my like personal tutor mission is to show students like the right way to like think about this to make it just like it, it makes so much more sense. Got it. All right. So, so with that, with that uh, I'll go ahead and start with... Uh, question 11 here yep which of the following would most closely parallel the traditional decision making process it is described in this passage it sounds like it seems like it's missing a word there <laughs> there should be as it is yeah for sure <laughs> uh, um all right which of the following would most closely parallel so it's asking for a hey i'm gonna give you a scenario and then if we go to the traditional decision making process I'm assuming they're talking about the classical approach. So they're already trying to trick me going, it's a different word, but it's meaning the same thing. So exactly. I'm and hoping, I'm hoping that's what I'm getting here. Uh, you no, know, you're totally right. And like, that's one of the things that they love to do the most is they either use um, a word that basically means the same thing, but since you don't recognize it from the passage where we feel weird picking it, mm-hmm. or the other thing that they like to do is they use the exact phrasing from the passage in trap answers because like, Ooh, I remember seeing that. So the thing with this type of question, and you're right, the, they're giving us brand new scenarios. Anytime we have new information, it's reasoning beyond. And that's okay. usually like a little bit more challenging. So we have to think of a couple different things. Number one, we got to go to the passage if we don't remember what the traditional decision process uh, is. Okay. I kind of do off the top of my head and like just remembering those little things that retention is really important. But if you didn't, awesome. We can go right back to uh, the passage and we have paragraph two is where all of that classical approach was, right? Yep. That was our term and we defined it. Yep. And then what was the other thing that we highlighted in that sentence? Uh, well, we had sequential fashion and then this part here. Yeah. And like, honestly, I only care about that sequential fashion because yep. after that, it starts by talking about like analysts and like yep. what they do with this stuff. So literally the only information the passage gives us about this traditional decision making process is one sentence yeah. in the classical approach. It's sequential. Yep. That's the relationship I'm looking for. The A, B, C, and D, and we just made a prediction. Predictions equal points. Heck yes. Um, but like all the answers are going to be random stuff. That has nothing to do with it. But I'm looking for something that is happening in sequential fashion because yep. that's what the passage told me. All right. So take so, a look at your answer. Yeah, right? I'm going go to um, read off the, the answers here. So uh, again, the question is, which of the following would most closely parallel the traditional decision-making process? as it is described in the passage. A, a nonprofit organization examines the cost for a number of different initiatives and chooses the one whose potential benefit maximizes the utility of dollars spent. B, an oil refinery's manager allocates several portions of the plant's equipment and space to simultaneously test several potential improvements on refining techniques while continuing to implement traditional ones. See a beverage company does several consumer surveys and focus groups and uses the results to design to design and then sell a new brand of soda or D an education company goes out of business because it chooses not to invest in new learning technologies while its com- uh, competitors all do so. All right, so I'm going to throw out D automatically cuz uh this is dumb. Like nobody's talking about going out of business. So Yeah. It is totally out of scope, completely irrelevant. Yeah. We'll get rid of that one. And then the key thing, again, that we highlighted, classical approach, sequen- sequ- sequential fashion. Um, running 
several consumer surveys and focus groups and uh, all of that stuff sounds not sequential. So, Ooh, okay. All right. Let's I, keep going I, through the I, rest of them. I may want to cancel that one. Uh, an oil refiner's manager, but I can't talk today. Oil refineries manager allocates several portions. So this one definitely is not sequential, right? Because it's saying simultaneously test. So I'm going to cancel out that one. Yep. Um, and then a nonprofit organization examines the costs for a number of different initiatives and chooses the one whose potential benefit maximizes utility of dollars spent. So this one's interesting to me because it's it's talking about basically doing some research. So they're analyzing some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really talk about steps other than I'm going to examine some things and then I'm going to do it. So I like A the best because C doesn't like – I'm going to do several consumer surveys and focus groups and use the results to design and then sell a new brand of soda. Now, I I could make the argument potentially that, okay, several consumer surveys and focus groups, and then the sequential thing is then I'm going to use the results to design and sell a brand new soda. And that's probably where it's going to trick me. I like A the most, so I'm going to stick with A, even though I'm assuming it's C based on your your uh, reaction to me. <laughs> I have a bad poker face, man. Um, so, so yeah, let's go through uh, the one that you wanted, A, and then um, see what we think about it, right? Okay. So nonprofit organization, they examine the cost for a number of different initiatives, and they choose the one whose potential benefit maximizes the utility of dollars spent. So that sentence uses a lot of terminology that we're familiar with, right? We read in the passage. Where did those come from? Like maximizing dollars. Um, really, that's it. Where did we talk about maximizing dollars? <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm looking. I don't know. We didn't highlight dollars anywhere, did we? No, we didn't. And so like a lot of times the highlights are just kind of going like, ooh, this is kind of what we're talking about. Um, but we did down at the bottom do cost benefit analysis. Mm. So I'm going to go to that one because we're trying to like maximize dollars and stuff. And this is where they're talking about it. So it's right under there. The typical cost benefit analysis converts factors into a common monetary unit. Yeah, yeah. And then seeks to maximize dollars. Like we got that one as a highlight. So that's what A is getting to. Mm-hmm. Like whoever wrote A as an answer is like, nudge, nudge. This was the thing from the last paragraph, right? What did the question ask us, though? A parallel for the traditional decision-making process. That's in paragraph two. Yeah. So proximity is important. They're basically saying, go to paragraph two, tell us what we said about this term. We can't do something that's in like paragraph five or something because it's not what the question is asking. Mm. So A is incorrect for that reason. Like we're not talking about the traditional uh, decision-making process. Paragraph five was talking about, yeah, like cost-benefit analysis and like getting money and stuff like that. Really not the same here. So A is off topic. That's yeah. the problem with A. And well, I don't like that. I can uh, feel you seething. Yeah, I just like the this is what throws me off. That word right. Several consumer surveys and focus groups. To me, that doesn't seem sequential. So the sequence is first we do our research, then we make the action. That's what they're getting at, right? And so let's go back to paragraph two. So in this instance, if we kind of didn't like any of our answers, at that point, you go, ooh, okay, I need to go back and like read for a little bit more details. So hop back to paragraph two, and it's telling us, yes, we have the classical approach. It's sequential. Awesome. Analysts identify a problem. They frame research. They do the research. And then uh, if there's anything wrong, any shortcomings, they just do more research. Mm. And then once all ex- avenues of exploration have been exhausted, 
then they examine the policy options. So they can do as much research as they want. So many different surveys, bunch of different this, that, whatever it is. The sequence is we do the research that then informs the decision that we're making. So that's why C is the correct answer. They're doing the research and then they use the results. That's that key phrase in C. They use the results in order to influence their decision moving forward. Okay. Feel a little, a little bit okay, a little less upset with me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and then just for completion's sake, if we go through B, this one is talking about oil refinery manager allocating portions of the equipment to simultaneously test. I don't like simultaneous. Get rid of it. And then we already said that D is is way off the mark. So C is yeah. the only one that's left. Okay. Oh, for one. All right. Go ahead, All right, and, read. Right. Go ahead and read 12. <laughs> so number 12. The passage suggests that the author believes each of the following except. Except. A, no other issue facing decision makers presents a series of problems in the way that climate change does. B, large issues filled with uncertainty cause researchers and policymakers to develop new approaches that are firmly grounded in the traditional assumptions underlying economic analysis. C, Professor Morgan's approach to problem solving provides a recursive approach that provides for practical solutions that may not be perfect, but allow policymakers to quickly address the immediate situation. And D, at least some uniquely difficult problems should be expected to lead people to question assumptions and frameworks that they may not have previously. Wow. (laughs) All right. So... Uh, the accept ones are always the hard ones because you're you got to flip your thinking around a little bit, right? Yep. Um, a immediately jumped out at me as like, ooh, that's very strong language, right? No other issue facing decision makers presents a series of problems in yep. the way that climate change does. Uh, and so I was trying to think about um, this, right? Critics suggest that climate change is a uniquely disastrous problem. Uh, But does the author believe it? I don't know, because it says the critics suggest it. So to me, I'm like, "Uh, I don't I don't know. So I'm leaving a on the table for now. I like um, it. Let's leave it out there. Let's leave it there. So large issues filled with uncertainty cause researchers and policymakers to develop new approaches that are firmly grounded in the traditional assumptions underlying economic analysis. Sure. I think the author, I mean, that's a pretty straightforward. Yeah, let's right. There are problems. We've got to fix it and we'll figure it out. So I'm going to say the author believes that uh, for some reason. <laughs> uh, so... C, Professor Morgan's approach to problem solving provides a recursive. Now, you throw in a big word in here that I just don't know. Like, what the heck does recursive mean? (sighs) Anyway, uh, approach that provides for practical solutions that may not be perfect, but allow policymakers to quickly address the immediate solution. And so if we go to Morgan, because we highlighted it, right, this iterative problem solving approach, Research follows problem identification, does not provide a full understanding, but it leads to continued research, implementation, blah, 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 right? It's carried out concurrently. Maybe that's recursive, concurrent, I don't know, maybe two big words together, Um, and allows uh, for all this fun stuff. So I I think he would would say that. So Mm -hmm. even though I don't know what recursive means. Uh, And then... 
D, at least some uniquely difficult problems should be expected to lead people to question assumptions and frameworks that they may not have previously. So this one's interesting. Um, That's a weird way to pronounce confusing. (laughs) Yeah, because to me, this is like, well, duh, right? We should always be questioning uh assumptions oh i'm going to stop you in your tracks right now where did it say that in the passage you're not letting me finish my (laughs) discussion hunter you're being a bad tutor right now let let me finish let me finish so what i was saying before you so um, Rudely (laughs) rudely interrupted right this one is is clickbait because we can all see this and go Yes, we should all be challenging our assumptions all the time. And it's not covered in the passage. So I'm going to go with D because of that reason. So we think, okay, so at least some uniquely difficult problems should be expected to lead a question. Awesome. Okay. So let's go through all of them, right? Let's just start at the top and work our way down and figure out like exactly what, what the AMC would point at and go, this is the reason why. Okay. So all the following except. So I'm going to identify three things that the author totally believes. So let's look at A. No other issue facing decision makers presents a series of problems in the way that climate change does. So I love the fact that you were kind of iffy about your the the, the part that you found where it says critics suggest climate change is uniquely disastrous because yep. 100% that is critics. That's not the author, right? So yep. that is a very important like skill and like thing to that all students need to like emphasize is who is saying what? Because a lot of times they like to mix that up. The only thing about that is that's not the only place where we talk about climate change. Mm. Let me ask you a question. So climate change, kind of like the the backbone of this whole passage, right? Because of climate change, things are things are happening. Yep. Where do you think we would probably talk about the big picture thing that's the backbone of the whole passage? The beginning. Read the very first sentence for me. Uh, presents a unique series of problems. And that one is directly from the author. So not quoting anybody else. So the author totally does think that it's unique and there are no other issues. So the other thing that I want to talk about is you were like, hey, this is extreme. That's that's super extreme. I'm kind of cautious about that, which is like a good intuitive sense. But remember how often our author said things like this must involve, this has to happen. So the author kind of was a little extreme. Like they were using these these sweeping like all or nothing statements. Yeah, but but nowhere did we 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 can't assume that the author believes that this is the only thing, right? No other issue. That's Jed's way too extreme, which is why I don't like that answer. But I didn't pick it. So I um yeah, and so the other the last thing I'm gonna leave with you here, because I I I I love cars and I want every student <laughs> to walk away like genuinely believing that the answers that are true are true, right? So what is the word what is the definition of unique? Eh. <laughs> it's not like anything else. It's all by itself. So I'm actually okay with no other issue. Um, so we'll we'll get rid of it. We might have issues with that question, but no issue with the words no issue. <sighs> Um, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at B really quickly. Uh, Large issues filled with uncertainty cause researchers and policymakers to develop new approaches. That so far sounds great, right? Big issue, climate change, uncertainty. We talked about a lot of uncertainty and we're trying to figure out how to do it. 
that are firmly grounded in the traditional assumptions underlying economic analysis. That is the key phrase, traditional assumptions. And in every answer, I want my students to find the key phrases that the test writer is like trying to leave in there for our clues. The traditional assumptions is talking about the, uh, the way that we looked at uh, cost-benefit analysis, the way that we looked at um, you know, determining what's going to be important, et cetera, et cetera. This is basically going to be the last paragraph, paragraph five. And it's saying, we used to do it this way. This, this thing is $3 billion in cost, and this is $1 billion in cost, but we can't do that anymore. It doesn't work. We got to challenge it. It even said that um, the, the, the foundation, foundational assumption for cost benefits and economic problem solving has come under critical scrutiny. So all of that is people questioning it. B is totally, uh, B is totally something that we would look for here. So I'm, I'm okay with B. Uh, I'm going to keep going, though. Let's talk about C. Wait, 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 wait. You're okay with B being the answer to this question? You're okay with B being what the author may believe? Uh, the answer to this question. Ah. So the, the final paragraph down there, right? It says that unsurprisingly, so it should be like it's common knowledge. That's what that is kind of telling us. Yep. Critics are challenging all those different traditional assumptions, so on and so forth, right? But they're saying firmly grounded in traditional assumptions. That whole last paragraph is us questioning those traditional assumptions. We're questioning whether cost-benefit analysis is the right way to look at it. We're questioning whether we should be, you know, maximizing dollars, et cetera, et cetera. And the whole thing at the end there is saying that, like, um, uh, these two numbers cannot meaningfully be compared to each other, and policies relating to these two issues must be separately examined, et cetera, et cetera. So we can't do it the way that we have been doing it. We got to yeah. do something else. Cool. So if we, yeah, if we connected those two, B, I'm going to leave it out there because <laughs> I think the author might agree with that uh, or disagree, excuse me. They don't okay. like the traditional assumptions. Let's look at C. Uh, Professor Morgan's approach to problem solving provides a recursive approach that provides practical solutions that might not be perfect, but they allow policymakers to quickly address the immediate solution. Um, so what you were talking about where like there's one word that we don't get in the, in the uh, answer, like a question, um, it happens all the time, right? And if we can't kind of put to together with context clues, which... Excellent job, Ryan. Like, heck yeah, you totally put it together. Like, yeah, that's what recursive is. Um, but when it comes to a word like that, if you don't have time, because 60 seconds per question, yeah, skip it. Like, it, it, the approach provides a problem, uh, excuse me, Morgan's approach to problem solving provides an approach that provides for practical solutions. Like, that's almost meaning that pretty close to provides a recursive approach to practical solutions. Mm. It's okay-ish to kind of try to skip those words. Um, if you feel like it still has like the same meaning for the sentence, a lot of the times those ones, like you can still get the big picture. Yeah. Uh, and Converse is all about big picture. <laughs> okay. So what's wrong with C? Uh, when we talked about Morgan's approach, that was like what paragraph two. Oh, uh, let me double check. E three, excuse me. Paragraph three. It is described as iterative and heuristic, right? Those are going to match what C is saying. So the author totally would agree with C. So we're moving on. Last one, D, at least some uniquely difficult problems should be expected to lead people to question assumptions and frameworks that they may not have previously. That is kind of what, what the last one, the last paragraph was getting at, except this is phrased in a way that the author would agree with. Like, yeah, this is a unique problem, climate change, and we're going to question things that we were taking for granted before. So cost-benefit analysis, the way that we're looking at approaching these problems, et cetera. So D, the author would totally agree with as well. It's only B. They don't like those traditional assumptions. They want to get rid of the traditional things and think in a different way.
Cool. Over two. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, man. Cars is a skill. It's not a. It's not content you have to memorize. Cars. Cars are pain. That's. <laughs> Only if you get hit by one. Oh, all right. Question 13. Which of the following would the passage author most likely recommend to a multinational corporation seeking to utilize portfolio theory to deal with uncertainty? Okay. Now, what the heck is portfolio theory? That is an excellent question. And that, like, por I'm glad you honed in on that. That portfolio theory, that's the clue that the AMC left us, right? And, like, we all, yes, the AMC and like, yes, they're the ones responsible for all of our stress because the MCAT, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I, just, like, I just want to point out, this is a blueprint MCAT written test. So the, this, don't blame the double AMC on, on <laughs> your... Let me use them as the boogeyman, okay? They're the big bad. Um, so not on our exam, sure, ours are written by us, but the AMC ones, they will leave us... Um, a little bit of clues like they will leave some clues in the answers in the questions in the passage and like our job is to find them that's all it is so portfolio theory heck yeah man that is the clue here if we don't remember if the first thing in our head is what you said out loud what the heck is portfolio theory jump back to the passage if you don't know something it's in the passage because there's no outside information and portfolio theory that was all of paragraph uh four right right before the very last one where we were talking about the implementation of the new approach of problem solving and how banks use this thing called portfolio approach. Same thing, portfolio theory, portfolio approach, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it says here. <sighs> okay. We should have highlighted that. I, I blame you. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So portfolio theory, paragraph four. Let's keep reading the answer choices here. Answer choice A, mitigate risk by placing financial resources in very different sectors of the economy within the most politically stable nation available. B, take a recursive approach, there's that word again, to decision-making <laughs> that allows risk reduction by updating strategies in the face of new information. Or C, uh, C, diversify business holdings across different sectors and different countries' economies. D, avoid investing in either petrochemical industries or those businesses that rely on biodiversity in subtropical climates. So D seems like right off the bat, like that's way too nuanced. <laughs> like, yeah, no one, yeah, it's very specific. We're not talking about petrochemical, subtropical. So I'm gonna get rid of D and hopefully yep. hopefully that's just a, a good um, thought right off the bat. All right, so if I refresh my highlights here, uh, portfolio therapy, the only rational approach to decision-making in a certain times, should advocate for simultaneous deployment of both mitigation strategies and adaptation strategies in response to climate change, blah, 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 blah. So basically the author's saying, um, just do lots of different things and spread, spread it out, right? Spread it out as much as possible. hundred percent. And like, that's your wonderful prediction. Um, I always, I always say in my classes, prediction equal points, right? So yeah, you're, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, I, I do want to ask you one question, though. Just from going through A, B, C, and D, did you notice anything about two of these answers? Um, two of them are very similar. A, A and C are very similar. They different nations, different countries, I think, potentially, maybe. Oh, yes. So those are the two that I'm getting at. Okay. But uh, so C is saying, yeah, hold stuff in a bunch of different countries, right? Yep. All over the place. Spread it out. Yeah. A is saying place financial resources in different sectors of the economy within one most politically stable nation. 
right? So that's not spreading it over. That's putting it all in one place, just in different sectors of their economy. Mm. So A and C are kind of opposites of each other. Yeah. And this is another H3, one of Hunter's helpful hints, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is when you see two answer choices that are direct opposites, one saying put it all in one country, another one saying lots of different countries usually one of them is wrong, one of them is right, right? So I would start with A and C and trying to analyze those. And those two are, yeah, they're talking about what's the difference? Where are we putting our money? And, what, and you just said that we're going to put it in a bunch of different places. Yeah. We got a great prediction, man. Yeah. Like, what do you think the answer is? Diversify. Hey, diversify C. your bonds. Heck yeah. So C, C is a really good answer. Um, and C is the correct one. So the power of predictions, power of like, just finding those key phrases in the answers or in the yeah, questions. But, too. but answer. So here, here's where I'm always arguing. Like the mm-hmm. answer choice A has diversification too, just within one nation, but it's still diversification of different sectors. So, so why is one better than the other? So you, uh, you remind me of my overthinkers, Ryan, which is not a bad thing. You're a very intelligent guy, man. Um, but on the MCAT, we got 60 seconds. We're shooting from the hip a lot of the time. So, if we ever do come into this point where we're like, okay, A and C, like, what's the difference between them? I need to check out A a little bit more. That's when you go back to the passage. So I would have read the answer choices, notice A and C, and then focus on those before I went back, right? Um, it's great to go back to the passage, but we don't always have to do it. Trust yourself and your retention and your memory. So if we do have to go back, because we're kind of stuck, uh, dive into, it was paragraph uh, two, Right. No, 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 excuse me. Four, four, four. The, yep. the second from the bottom one. Yep. And it's it just find the thing that you're kind of close to and then keep reading because it's going to be in there somewhere. Highlights, your highlights aren't always going to be the correct answer, but they're going to point you to the answer. So let's start um, probably at the bottom because like that's where a conclusion would be in this paragraph. And if we see it, it says that is a nation should ensure some of its components and its final resources are allocated to investments in various countries, yeah. continents. So that is specifically different geographic places. Yeah. So I I highlighted, it it says the same thing, different regions of the globe. Um, Same thing. Okay. Yep, yep. So no, it's a really good point you brought up. uh, But A is talking about diversifying what you're investing in, whereas the passage is talking about diversify where, essentially. Yeah. Hey, one for three. Um. Uh, yeah. Sure. Or trends. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Question fourteen. Yep. Um. Am I reading this one or you? You are. Okay. When faced with economic costs due to a failing school system and a poorly managed fire department, the critics mentioned in the final paragraph would most likely advocate for which of the following. And like right off the bat, they told me where to go. I'm confined to the last paragraph. My answer is not going to be in paragraphs one through four. It's in five. Uh, A, examining each issue separately and arriving at a policy decision appropriate for each issue. Developing a monetary comparison between the two situations and solving the more expensive one first. Carefully analyzing the costs and benefits associated with each problem and designating the one with the larger costs as the more urgent issue. Or D, taking an iterative approach to solving both problems that involves implementing an adaptive policy that can later be revised based on new information. All of these kind of sound familiar because they're all from the passage. We just got to figure out which one the author would really do. So this is a reasoning beyond the text because this failing school system, the fire department, new scenarios. And uh, in order to answer like a reasoning beyond the text, you do have to find that nugget of truth from the passage. So go to the final paragraph if we need to and see, all right, what did they say here? And really, I mean, we've already kind of summarized it, right? It's saying 
that the way that we've been doing things previously isn't correct and we need to come up with a new way because we're questioning traditional methods and then down at the bottom, okay, here's this $3 billion cost to a $1 billion cost. That sounds super comparative, right? But what does the author say immediately after that? Uh, these two numbers cannot be compared to each other. So like anything that's comparing, I'm going to eliminate. And what they say after that is, so that's what not to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the author tells us yeah, what to do. The policies relating to these two issues must be separately examined. Boom, boom. There's our answer. So let's go back and find which one matches our prediction. A, examining each issue separately and arriving at a policy decision appropriate for each issue. Well, boy, howdy, Ryan. (laughs) How does that sound? Uh, It sounds pretty spot on. It sounds pretty dang good to me. Yep. Um, So honestly, on test day, I would pick it and quit it. Like I would just hit A and then move (laughs) on, depending on how much time I had, right? But if I was kind of, you know, right in the middle, I'm, I'm, at pace, but I'm not doing super great ahead of the time. Um, I would just pick A because it is so spot on with what we just read from the passage, what we predicted. Um, and it's kind of a direct opposite from uh, which one? So this is each issue separately. Where's the... Mm, okay, no, I lied. Uh, I lied. I thought that there was one that said that we're going to do it at the same time. But there are some interesting patterns with our answer choices. Um, what do you notice about B and C? So B, developing a monetary comparison between the two situations and solving the more expensive one first. Like, uh, doesn't seem to be maximizing dollars. Yeah, so this one, it's it's they're comparing, right? Yeah. They're looking at these two things and they're comparing them against each other, yep. which the author said we can't do. C is also basically saying the same thing. Yeah, We're analyzing the costs associated with the two separate problems and then one of them we're going to designate as the larger or the more... Uh, urgent issue because it has a, a higher cost associated with it. B and D are the same answer. They're just written in different words. Second H3 of the day, Ryan, whenever two answers say the same thing, they're both wrong. So B and C, I immediately want to get rid of anyways. Um, and then if we're looking at D, we're taking an iterative approach to problem solving. Where did we talk about iterative approaches? Was that in the final paragraph? Mm, no, that was in the second paragraph. Yeah, that was way above. Third, and like, yeah. because the question stem says, hey, we mentioned this in the final paragraph, I'm locked to the final paragraph. My answer can't come from somewhere else. So D is wrong for that reason. So honestly, even if we didn't know C was the right answer, we could get to that via process of elimination just from the other ones. Mm. And none of them really, like what we just did for those B, C, and D, that was all just like MCAT strategy. It was, hey, B and C are identical answers. We're going to eliminate both of them. D is talking about something that's out of the paragraph. I'm going to eliminate that one. I don't even have to know anything about how they would do these, how they would fix this fire department. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we can, we have strategies and we can, I mean, it's a standardized test. We can game it a little bit. So heck yeah, man. All right. Game it. Um, all right. That's the last one. No, bittersweet. I'm sad. Last one here. Question 15. According to the passage, Professor Professor Morgan, okay, third paragraph here. Mm -hmm. uh, Professor Morgan's approach, A, does not provide policies that solve problems. B, feeds back on itself in a way that is different from traditional models. C, takes longer to implement, given the multiple rounds of assessment and reassessment. Or D, is favored by those who see traditional cost-benefit analysis as inappropriate. All right, so I'm going to go back to paragraph three here. Uncertainties surrounding blah, blah, blah. Professor Morgan, iterative problem-solving approach under this heuristic. 
The research that follows problem identification does not provide a full understanding, but leads to both continued research and implementation of the adaptive policy. Uh, that will hopefully be beneficial. And then policy implementation is carried out concurrently with further research, including assessment of the policy, policy's effectiveness. Policy and other identified alternatives are reassessed in light of new knowledge and changing circumstances. Okay. I love that you jumped back there. That was great. <clears throat> you found exactly where the answer is. You now have five seconds left to answer this question because that took us 55 seconds. Um, leave me alone and don't stress <laughs> me out. So no, the only, I'm, I promise I'm not picking on you. The only reason why I'm bringing it up is because anyone who's watching or listening to this, um, I always encourage my students to try to make a loose prediction and eliminate before you even go back to the passage. Um, Cause a lot of times the passage can turn into a crutch. Like we feel safe going back there and it's <laughs> totally fine to go back to the passage. I do a lot, but you have to be really efficient with it. And normally one of the better ways is to like eliminate a couple answers and then like, Oh, I'm down to two answer choice. Let's look for these specific things. So dump everything that you just read. And like, let me ask you, like, let's look at A, B, C, and D. Do you remember just from the passage, anything that could eliminate some of these? Like, what about A? It does not provide policies that solve problems. Yeah, that's just like the no. That was the whole point of it. It's it's providing solutions. So we're going to get rid of A, right? Eliminate. Feeds back on itself in in a way that is traditional, different from traditional models. I remember that it was different. There is a little bit of like detail here, the feedback on itself. So you might not be comfortable just eliminating that right off the bat. Okay. It does sound pretty good though. Uh, C takes longer to implement. Did we ever talk about a length of time? I don't think so. We never did. So I'm just going to eliminate it. It's talking about something that's out of scope from the passage. And then D is favored by those who see traditional cost benefit analysis as inappropriate. What's the clue in that answer choice? What are they trying to nudge us towards? Uh, I don't know. It's the cost benefit, right? That was the part from the passage. Where was cost-benefit analysis? Over here under last paragraph here. Way at the bottom. Where's Professor Morgan? Um, I I know where Captain Morgan is. Uh, Professor Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's on the table at 5 o'clock. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so Morgan's up here. So this is kind of not part of the question, which exactly. leads us. Yeah, the cost-benefit thing was, it sounds like it's it's related but it's kind of a different topic the professor morgan thing was its own self-contained we're using this as a new way to solve problems so i don't like d because it's talking about cost benefit that's not related c we never talked about length of time so we're going to get rid of that and then a is completely the opposite of what it actually does so again process elimination and like without even referencing the passage really we could get here um b feeds back on itself in a way that is different from traditional models heck yeah that is 100 percent the whole thing um Mm. And so, yeah, that B's our answer here. It's this one. It's a foundations of comprehension. Go find what we talked about and tell us what we said, right? Yeah. So, Professor Morgan, where are they? What did you say? What's the answer? It's B. So, Hunter, what would you recommend? I I just went through this passage and got yep. absolutely destroyed. Um, the previous passages I did well on. How am I supposed to pick myself up and keep moving forward when I want to curl into a little ball and cry in the corner? Yeah. And um, so so first of all, nice job not doing that on camera. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so th- this happens all the time. It's like, what the heck? My cars is all over the place. Like one of them, I'll get six out of six. Right. And then the other one, I'll get one out of six. Right. Um, yeah. And that is super common. So if, if that is you, don't call, crawl into a ball. Ball, Don't start crying because it's it's not just you. You're not alone. I swear. <laughs> um, so 
that's number one to prevent the tears. Okay. Uh, number two, as far as like, what do we do? All right. Um, if you're not already keeping a lessons learned journal where you're writing down all your mistakes and what you're going to do, definitely start doing one of those. Um, but kind of do what we just did where you go through every single answer choice, right? And even if you got a couple of them right, go through those answers, go through the explanations and like rationalize it until the correct answer actually makes sense to you. Like so many times students, especially with cars, will like look at an answer and go, well, they'll do the Ryan Gray is, oh, that's stupid. That's not right. I don't just, I don't agree with that. But like, we have to believe it because it doesn't matter what we think in cars. It's only what the AMC wants us to pick, right? So retraining the way that you think about cars and the way that you're approaching these problems is paramount. Like that is the number one thing because this isn't content, it's skills. You have to develop certain skills to approach passages in a certain way. You have to develop certain skills to approach questions in a certain way and notice certain things. Like it's all skill-based. It's like learn, playing the guitar, right? You can't just pick it up and be good at it because you've watched YouTube videos or <laughs> read that guitar. You have to sit down and practice it because you're developing a skill. It's the same thing with cars, which is... I, I just wish we lived in like the Matrix world where I can get plugged in and be like, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> I know Professor Morgan. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, that is the, it's, that's the unfortunate news. There is no silver bullet for cars. It is, you have to do a lot of cars from the very first time I meet my students, even if we're months away from their tests, I will say starting right now, start doing a cars passage every single day because you just need to practice playing your guitar. Yeah. Um, and eventually, like for me, I distinctly remember there was like a switch and it flipped and I was like, Oh my God, this is how I'm <laughs> supposed to approach it. And I went from doing like middle ground, like three out of six, four out of seven, whatever to usually like missing one or two in the entire like section of cars. So just keep at it. And if things aren't like, if we're still struggling, like stop doing it the same way, like approach it from a different, you know, train of thought, a different angle or something. Cause yeah, if you're not changing the way you're doing it, like your score won't change. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, there, there's a TikTok sound about like changing habits. Like if you don't change anything, nothing, nothing will change. And I forget the, the specifics, but that's that's exactly. And it's so true. Yeah. I'm way too old. Look at my grades. I cannot be on TikTok. They've actually talked to me. They banned me. Uh, Blueprint had me doing some stuff. And then TikTok is like, Blueprint, get, get rid of this one, guys. <laughs> He's too old. I'm on TikTok. I'm older than you. But I don't know. No, no, no. But you're youthful. You you got the the shaved head. I got grays. <laughs> all right, all right. It is what it is. Oh. All right, Hunter. Well, uh, this passage was terrible. Uh, I'm bl- I blaming you, and <laughs> I will, I, I will come that. back. Uh, I will come back next time stronger and uh, better than ever. That's the that's the that's the attitude, man. Growth mindset. So, yeah, I look forward to uh, raking you over the coals over another cars passage. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. Again, Cars Passage 3 from the Blueprint MCAT Diagnostic, which again, you get for free over at blueprintmcat.com. That's a free account over at blueprintmcat.com. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.